0: of basketball venues in the nation. UD Arena. The Flyers are going to the
1: Elite Eight for the first time in 30 years. Here, here comes go. top it again. Oh, it's Showtime,
0: man!
2: Time. It's Showtime. The Dayton Flyers. Hey, here come the Flyers. Hey. Welcome back to Talking Out Loud. I am your host, Drew. Excited to be here. Excited that you have decided to tune in to yet another episode of the program. A huge week for the Dayton Flyers this week as they travel down south to Cincinnati, Heritage Bank Arena, to take on the UC Bearcats, fresh off their demolition of Bryant on Wednesday and their loss in the Crosstown Shootout. Last Saturday against Xavier, a big game for the Flyers on deck, but uh, Dayton also played a game last Saturday against Troy, and that is where I want to begin this podcast. Dayton a winner in that one, 82-70. Deron Holmes played very, very well, 23 points, 17 boards, 9 of 12 from the field, only 5 of 10 from the free throw line, or else he could have been uh, a lot higher in the points department. Uh, Kobe Elvis plays his best game of the young season. 24 points on 9 of 15 shooting, 4 of 6 from three, only one turnover. Uh, Javon Bennett chipped in 11. Good, good showing for the Flyers. Troy kind of came out of the gates hot early, but Dayton withstood all that, grabbed the lead, got it to double digits, kept it around 15 for the majority of the game. Kind of left their foot off the gas towards the end to make up the 12 point deficit. So yeah, Dayton gets a, a necessary win. I don't, I don't know if I want to call it a good win, but it's a necessary win for Dayton on Saturday it's only a quad four win for them so you know in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really help their resume but it's a game that you absolutely unequivocally cannot lose and Dayton did not lose that game and the thing about taking your foot off the gas is that this is all about your net rating you know net really values when you blow teams out so Dayton won by 12 and they dropped one spot from 44 to 45 in the net rankings and you know that that can make a difference down the road but As I always say, if you just win the games, all that other stuff will take care of itself. So let's dive into this game just a little bit more here and kind of see what went well for Dayton in this one. So as I said, 82 points for the Flyers. They shoot 29 of 55 from the field, 10 of 20 from three, another tremendous showing from beyond the arc for the Dayton Flyers. And I don't think it's really an aberration anymore, people. I think it's just a thing now. They're a good three-point shooting team. They're making 40% of their threes on nine attempts a game, and I think that the attempt number needs to keep going up. Now, Nate Santos isn't going to shoot 65% from three for the rest of the season. He's obviously going to regress, and we saw some of that regression on Saturday, but uh, Kobe Elvis and Bennett and Brea has been lights out the last several games since the SMU game, and I I think it's time. I think it is time for Dayton to start shooting more threes in a game, and if teams are going to keep double teaming Duran Holmes and leaving guys open on that opposite wing. And we just keep finding those shooters and we keep shooting it like we are. Well, then teams are going to have to take the double team off of Duran if he's killing them there. And then when Duran gets into a one-on-one situation, there's not many big guys that he can't score against. So it's becomes a pick your poison thing with Dayton. And if they can continue to shoot the basketball, like they have this season, they will be a very, very dangerous team as we move on throughout the rest of the season. And, Dayton is also a a good free-throw shooting team. They could be a little bit better. They're at 72% right now at 13 a game, which is a pretty solid number, although I would like to see it be higher. And then they're shooting 47% from the field this year. So the offense has really uh, stepped their game up this year. They're averaging 71 points a game, which uh, I'd have to dig into the stats a little more, but i got to imagine that's the highest since uh, the Obi Toppin team. And they just look a little more fluid on offense this year. Uh, The turnovers are still an issue. Uh, Rebounding is getting a little better. Uh, It'll be a tall task this week when we'll talk about that more when we talk about uh, the Bearcats. But, you know, Dayton's, they're playing much more confident basketball. And you can really, really tell since getting that win at SMU on the road. It's very evident when you watch them play how much more pep in the step the guys have, how confident they are and what they are doing and what they are doing on the floor. And it's translating into pretty good basketball. I think Dayton's played some, some darn good basketball the last several games and they need to keep continuing to do that as they move forward throughout the season, if they want to go where they want to go. And if they keep improving and keep getting better and keep doing the things that are making them successful and then cut out on the bad shit, you know, like turnovers and, you know, giving up offensive rebounds Dayton, they're going to be a tough out for anyone that they play, A-10 around the country, UC included. So a good win for for Dayton. Again, it, it was a necessary win, not necessarily a good win, but we'll, we'll take it. In the game, looking at the box score, as I said, Duran with 23 and Kobe with 24. Uh, Javon Bennett scores 11, goes 2 of 4 from the three-point line. Nate Santos, quiet, 2 of 11 from the field, 1 of 4 from three, uh, seven points, Enoch Cheeks, who left the game with a bit of an injury uh, towards the end of that one, only six points. Kobe Brea, not a lot of points, eight points, but he was three or four from the field, two of three from three, had four boards. Uh, Petrus hit a three, which is good to see. You also got a haircut, fresh looking cut for Petrus. Isaac Jack only played seven minutes, didn't score, and you know the walk-ons got you know cleanup duty. So in this game, Dayton shoots 50% from three, 10 of 20, uh, 14 of 20 from the line. Duran was uh, responsible for five of those misses. So he was 5 of 10. Uh, the rest of the team was was 9 of 10. So good stuff there. Uh, they had 12 second chance points. They had 12 points on the fast break. Uh, 34 points in the paint, which is a good stat. And uh, converted 18 points off of turnovers. For Troy, uh, they had 22 points in the paint. They only had 12 second chance points. So that was evened out. They did have 11 offensive rebounds. Again, that's... It's still an issue, and it, it, I have a bad feeling it's going to be an issue for the majority of this season, especially when we go up against teams that are very big, very athletic, much like UC is. So, again, you got you got to clean that stuff up, but uh, they shoot 8 of 17 from 3 in the first half. They ended up shooting 11 of 28. They only go 3 of 11 in the second half, so they t- cool down tremendously uh, in the second half from 3. They only shoot 24 of 60 for 40% in the game. So the defense at times was good. You lost the second half, 39 to 37, to get to that 12 point difference. They were leading 45 31 at the half, but a necessary win. And they did the things they needed to. And they they definitely took their uh, foot off the gas there. The last 10 minutes uh, of that basketball game, I think they could have won that game pretty easily by, you know, by 20 plus points. But uh, you know, it, it a win's a win. And as I always as I always say before the tip off of every game is just win, baby. Just win, baby. So uh, that wraps that one up. And uh, obviously with uh, the UNLV situation, that game had been canceled last week. Um, Obviously a very sad situation there and a very unfortunate situation there. And, you know, you just, you hate to see something like that happen and basketball becomes so secondary. And last week's podcast was basically just going to be reacting to that game, previewing Troy. So, uh, just didn't really feel right to record a pod after all that, so that's why we're we're here now, and we're moving forward with our season. Hopefully, um, you know UNLV can get back on the court here eventually and continue their season and kind of get some normalcy back into into their players' uh, lives as as they move forward. So, you know, soft transition there into uh, Dayton's current rankings. Uh, they are 56th in Ken Palm. Uh, they are 45th in the NET. They have the 37th adjusted offensive efficiency, which is points scored per 100 possessions. That's 37th in the country. They are 105th in adjusted defense. And in classic Anthony Grant fashion, they are 356th in adjusted tempo, which is 7th to last in the country. Gotta love Anthony Grant basketball there, folks. But it's working for them. The offense, as I said, is ranked very, very well. They're showing it on the floor. I don't think that's an aberration or anything. I think Dayton just might have a a pretty darn good offensive basketball team this year. So that's kind of where Dayton stands at the moment for their rankings, for uh, where they stand moving forward. Um, They're 0-2 in quad one games. They're 2-0 in quad two games. They're 2-0 in quad three games. And they're 3-0 in quad four games. So they haven't gotten that quad one win but they don't have that catastrophic loss either. Uh, This opportunity on Saturday will be a quad one opportunity as it stands now. Obviously, these things are fluid and can change, but uh, beating UC on a neutral floor will get you a Q1 win, which would be a massive, massive help to Dayton's resume come March. So I've talked about it. uh, UC Saturday. Uh, We're going to take a short break here uh, for an ad, and then on the back end, we're going to dive into the UC matchup and talk about what, Dayton has to look forward to against the Bearcats
0: everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or Mc Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day, that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun yeah, you get it every time
1: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: And welcome back. As I was discussing before the ad break, Dayton. You see, on Saturday, these two teams are locking horns for the first time since 2010, uh, which was also at the Heritage Bank Arena, and I remember this one uh, pretty well. Uh, UC doubled up the Flyers, 68-34. Uh, not, not, not great. Um, I remember going to that game with my father, uh, and that was one uh, I wish I could forget. But I, I don't. I do remember walking through the doors and, and watching Dayton get absolutely pasted in that game. That was uh, that was pretty ugly. And before that, they had played uh, in the NIT, which I believe was the year before or the season before. I should say that happened in 2010. But. Uh, and then a couple times with Huggy Bear, of course, the famous uh, DUI game. Uh, that's one I remember from my younger days. Uh, in the history, Dayton is 2-4 and four against the Bearcats. And so this will be the seventh meeting between the two schools on Saturday night at Heritage Bank. So let's meet the Cincinnati Bearcats, shall we? They are 8-1. and one. They are 26th in the Ken Palm. They are 25th in net. They are averaging 83 points a game. Outside of their uh, their season opening win, they have scored 80-plus in every win. And in their loss to Xavier, they still scored 79. 84-79 to 79 was the score of that game. Now, UC. UC has not played a tough schedule whatsoever. Here are the list of teams that they've played along with their Ken Palm ranking. So UIC at 137. Detroit Mercy at 330. Eastern Washington at 179. Northern Kentucky at 189. Georgia Tech at 124. Howard at 224, where they played on the road and went to overtime with Howard. Florida Gulf Coast, 254. Xavier, 45th. Bryant, 226. So their average Ken Palm ranking of their schedule, with Xavier included, is 190. Their average of their wins, so without Xavier included, is 208. So UC might be being propped up. Might be being propped up by a very, very weak schedule so far. They absolutely pasted Georgia Tech. Uh, they destroyed Florida Gulf Coast. They've won a lot of their games big. Like I, as I said, Howard, they went to OT. And Xavier, they lost. So, haven't played a very tough schedule. Haven't been tested too much. And the one game where they were playing what I would call equal competition to them, they lost the game. Now, it was at the Cintas Center on the road last week. Rivalry game, Xavier's kind of allegedly down this year, but uh, Xavier gets the win there, unfortunately, for everybody. And now, coming off their win against Bryant on Wednesday, Dayton's had a full week to prepare for Cincinnati. I think that is a bit of an advantage. They know what they're going into. They know what they're walking into. Probably had a good chance to watch what they did on Wednesday night. The players that make up the UC Bearcats, uh, Victor Lakin leads the Bearcats in scoring at 14.7 a game. He leads him in rebounding at 8.8, and he averages 2.3 assists a game. Kind of a lanky, big dude, kind of similar game to how Duran plays. Not really uh, throw it down to him in the post and let him bang. Uh, he runs the floor pretty well. Had a kind of a tough game against uh, Xavier the other night, but uh, he, I would say he is probably their best player. Dan Skillings Jr., who did not play well at all against Xavier, Uh, Averages 10.7 points, 7 rebounds, and 1.6 per contest. And John Newman, their third leading scorer, averages 10.8 points, 5 boards, and 1.7 assists per game. Uh, The the other guys that make up UC, uh, Dede Thomas, who averages 11.3 points per game. I believe I said Skillings was their second leading scorer. That is not true. Uh, Dede Thomas is, and he also averages 2.9 assists a game. And then uh, Jizzle James, uh, first team All Name in college basketball. Jizzle James averages 10.3 points a game and uh, 2.6 assists. He played. He was uh, probably UC's best player against Xavier. So that's and uh, oh, and Aziz Bondongo uh, was a a transfer that has recently uh, been deemed eligible to play. Uh, He's he's appeared in five games. He averages nine points a game, 8.4 boards. So he is the guy that. Him and Lakin are the two guys that you got to really keep off the glass, and Skilling's as well. Those are the three guys that you got to keep off the glass. They make up the majority of their rebounding numbers, as they average forty-three a game. And you see, they want to play—you know—they want to play fast, as evidenced by how how many points they score. Their coach Wes Miller emphasizes a wide-open style of play and playing fast, and that's that's the the kind of game that they want to play. So it will be a contrasting styles game, and I think it's going to be a very very fun basketball game. I think these two teams. In their contrast, make you know they say styles make the fights, and I think these two contrasting styles, it's going to be very, very interesting to see who can put their imprint of how they want to play the game into the game on Saturday. So it will be an interesting matchup for the Flyers, and I'm really looking forward to it. There has not been a gambling line put out for this game yet. I've looked everywhere, I've looked at all the books, I've looked at the Action Network. Uh, nothing has come to light about what the the line will be. If I had to guess. I would say UC will be a slight favorite by three, three and a half or so, maybe four. Um, I could be very wrong. I'm wrong a lot. But that's kind of what I think the the line for the game will be. And uh, we'll just have to wait and see on that. I'm sure uh, when you're listening to this, there might be a line out. If not, we will know on Saturday or Friday, uh, whenever that does come out. So a good opportunity for Dayton here. As I said, it would be a quad one win if Dayton can pick up the victory. So a great opportunity in front of them. But it's a game that doesn't sink you if you lose it, but it is a great, great chance to put a nice resume-building win onto that resume and hope that it is good enough come March if you do not win the Atlantic 10 tournament. So, three keys I have to this game uh, is perimeter defense. We got to keep their guards contained. That's how they get the big fellows involved. That's how it runs through Day Day Thomas and Jizzle James. That they, they run the show. So we got to keep a, a handle on those perimeter guys. I have rebounding re- written in all caps right here, and it cannot be emphasized more. You cannot give up more than 10 to 12 offensive rebounds in this game. They're going to give some up. It it, it will happen. Cincinnati is a very good rebounding team, and they're going to give up some offensive rebounds. You just have to limit how many you give up. You cannot let them get into the 15, 16, 17 range, or God forbid the 20s when it comes to offensive rebounding. If If you let them kill you on the offensive glass, you will lose this basketball game. The third key is limiting your turnovers and, with it, the runouts and transition for UC. As I said, they want to play an up-and-down style. They are 35th in tempo in the country, so they want to play fast. And Dayton is going to, you know, as, as big of play faster as I have been in the past, I think Saturday will be a day where you kind of want to slow it down. You want to limit. You want to limit the possessions of the basketball game. You want to implement your style on the game, and I think everything else will take care of itself. So, a big one Saturday. Dayton will be rocking, as Anthony Grant calls them, the Go Get 'ems, the Chapel Blue. I'm sure there will be much Chapel Blue at Heritage Bank Arena in downtown Cincinnati, Ohio, where I live. Uh, unfortunately, I will be working the radio broadcast for UC. I am a producer at 700 WLW and ESPN 1530. And even though I tried to ask for this day off so I could go, the NFL decided to put the Bengals game at one o'clock and, you know, through some other factors, I could not find anybody to take over for me. So unfortunately I will not be at the game, but I will be listening to the, the UC radio call with Dan Horde. Uh, mm-hmm. Bengals fans are very, very familiar with Dan Horde. Uh, I will be producing that broadcast and watching the game and I will be pestering them in the ear, hoping, uh, that Dayton gets a victory and I can, uh, Kind of ham it up for a lot of my UC uh, co-workers there at uh, iHeart Media in Cincinnati. So let's do a quick 8-10 rundown here before we send the people on their way. Taking a look at the league, George Washington, the Revolutionaries, not the Colonials, folks. The Revolutionaries. God, that's bad. They're 9-2. Uh, they're 7-0 and at home. They've played one road game, and their other loss came in a neutral site game. LaSalle at 8-2, and, and St. Joe's at 8-2, the impressive St. Joseph's Hawks this year. Uh, it looks like uh, good good ball is coming to Hawk Hill uh, this A-10 season. Your very own Dayton Flyers are in the pack of 7-2 teams, along with Duquesne, George Mason, and St. Bonaventure. UMass is 5-2, Davidson at 7-3, Loyola Chicago at 6-4, the Billikens at 6-5, and, and then Fordham, Rhode Island, Richmond, and VCU all at 5-5. Five one of those teams you expect to see down there. Uh, the other three are ones you don't you don't really expect to see down there. Uh, I'm looking at you, VCU, at 5-5. Five and five. So that's where the standings are as they stand going into action on Thursday evening. So that's your A-10 rundown, just a little brief rundown of how the teams are looking. Obviously, this segment will look a lot different once we get into conference play, but uh, there you go. I've been very impressed with St. Joe's this year, and I've been very impressed with George Mason. I think those two will be very formidable opponents, as will Duquesne and Bonaventure, I think. I think those five teams will be battling it out for the top four spots. Well, that's pretty much all I got for this episode of Talking Out Loud. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, if you are making your way down to Cincinnati, we have two rules on this show. Now, this these rules are slightly modified this week. The first rule is you wear Chapel Blue when you head down to Cincinnati, but most of all, and the one that remains constant, is you stay loud. L-O-W-D, loud. Bring the loud down to the Queen City on Saturday night. Hopefully the Flyers can pick up a big, big victory. I'm going to say they get it done. 74-71. to 71, The Dayton Flyers walk out of Heritage Bank victorious with a quad one win in their pocket and a loads of momentum heading into Atlantic 10 play and the rest of the non-con schedule. So with that, My name is Drew. I have been your host tonight. I bid you all farewell. Wear chapel blue. Be loud. Go Flyers.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every
1: time.